Greetings and love, everyone. My name is Thomas, and this is Sanctuary by Nashri Libertas. And I'm here with my partner, Marsha. How are you doing tonight, Marsha? I'm doing great. Really glad to be here with everyone and with you. Uh, very happy to be here tonight. Thanks for asking. Tonight is episode eight. It is January the 10th, uh, 2022. And we are just pushing 731 Pacific Standard Time. And we come together every week to form a little bit of a secure circle where our opinions can be heard. Our um, ability to speak is profoundly respected. And from there, we spiral out into these things that we call themes. And Marsha is so gracious to uh, check in, so to speak, throughout the week. And then she kind of picks the fruit and puts it all in a basket. And then every Monday night, we get to go through that basket. And um, I'd like to just take a little moment here for anybody who listens to this uh, after the fact and recording that if you'd like to be live on the call, you just simply go to buy me a coffee slash Nashri Cafe. And you'll see it right on there. Nashri is one of the patronages. And once you make your donation, you'll get a little link. And Monday night, 715, we open up this bridge and you connect in. Just make sure you get here before 730. And uh, so far, we've been having a lot of fun. And so far, Marsha's just been, you know, knocking them out of the park. Um, the feedback's been really, really generous and really, really positive. So I just want to say thank you to everybody. And uh, hopefully this has been therapeutic because Marsha and I certainly have been feeling um, we get intimidated right before we're about to do this, but boy, oh boy, it's, it feels really, really like we move some energy after the fact. So thank you for being a continued participant in this. Thank you. I'm really excited for tonight. There's a lot, uh, that, you know, wants to come through and that I feel is a reflection of our consciousness and, um, just real quickly, uh, just go into a brief overview of what Tom is talking about when um, I'm going into meditation every week. I am connecting with what I call spirit, the Holy Spirit, great spirit, the part of God outside the physical form or the form that is able to see the expanded picture and give our human personality selves um, a bit of hope, a bit of inspiration, a bit of behind the scenes energy of why things are happening the way they're happening. And generally just a way to connect our hearts in what I might call our divinity or our true core authentic self, our source energy. And that when we do that, when we come together in this way, whether in person or online, like we're doing right now, we create this sonic boom that goes throughout the lands and ripples out not only in our personal lives, but to everyone that we touch around us. Well, um, it's, it's a massive intent to be able to bring this forth. Um, we can only do the best we can humanly do. We're just meager humans. And I think you do a really great job, Marsha. And there's really no great way to segue into these themes. So I'd like to just slow pitch it up to you. What, uh, what is coming uh, for us here in episode eight on January the 10th? What do you got for us? We've been talking about uh, kind of within my personal readings and, and talkings with people about 
2022, the frequency being this year or this frequency of enchantment, this year of divine love play. And as I sat down to do this reading, there was absolutely nothing coming through. I mean, literally like a brick wall where the human self is like, did I eat something? You know, he starts thinking like, you know, how you blocked your connection and spirit as always, you know, it's just like, just give it a minute woman, you know, like, let me, let me bring it through. And as I finally like sat into it, even though there was nothing to start all of a sudden from that blank slate, like we talked about last week, this divine love play emerged. And so throughout this reading, it was kind of this back and forth between what I would call the Christos and the Sophia energy or the divine feminine and the divine masculine interweaving with one another and telling this beautiful love story that lives within all of us and that we can choose to play out this year in physical form if we stay in our alignment. And Spirit talks about all these other energies that can happen this year as well, um, such as instant replay and course correction, where we get to kind of go back over what we may have missed in the past so that we are um, bringing forth into the reality that we want to create our highest and greatest self. Um, so within this theme of divine companionship, the very first uh, frequency that wanted to be anchored was that of verse three from the secret gospel of St. Mary Magdalene. And this comes from the oral traditions that were written down by Tao Malachi. And here it is written, the world is a cemetery. It is filled with corpses. For this reason, the Lord set the world on fire so that the dead might awaken and spirits might be set free. And now the fire burns and we tend to it so that it might burn brightly. And we dance within the fire for we are on fire with the spirit of Yahweh. If you seek the anointed, you seek the fire. And when you are utterly burnt away, you will rejoice in the true light. And there's this feeling from that Magdalene frequency or what we might call the daughter, the soul, um, that right now the world is a cemetery. It is filled with corpses. The spirit has not been awoken within the human collective but as we start to move through this frequency of 2022 uh spirit will kind of reveal a little bit more as the reading goes on but we're going to start to see a lot of these veils lift and a lot of these old structures just dissolving and crumbling under the weight of their own <laughs> their own creation like they did it to themselves and so it's gonna like if we have humor and we able to kind of sit back in our seats without getting stuck in the polarity we're going to stay out of the battle which will uh, make sure that the battle that they wish to create does not anchor and i say they meaning the powers that were those that are service to self entities whereas the service to others the groups of us that are coming together in what spirit called that honeycomb timeline, we are going to no longer feel this soul isolation or this, you know, this cave of growth that many of us have been in. We're going to start feeling in person and online these deep soul connections or what spirit calls divine companionship. So just those are the that's kind of the intro and then we can kind of move through that as we go. All right. Well, let's move through that. Uh, does anybody have any comments or questions around what it's like to walk through a world filled with corpses? Do you have some corpses in your family? Do you have some corpses on your block? Uh, did you did you pass a corpse in your car? Did it have a diaper on its face? Um, this isn't maybe a time to be tongue in cheek, but you almost are forced to be a little bit tongue in cheek due to the weight of the cultural war 
you know, bearing down on us. And, um, you know, it's been going on for a long time. We've had a lot of people that rang the bell uh, really, really a long time ago, and they were, you know, disenfranchised and marginalized due to that. But here we are now where, you know, the rabbit's been pulled out of the hat and the people that said that rabbit was in there from before, they're vindicated, but they no longer matter, you know, because we're just inundated with information now. So um, it's kind of been one of those instances where if you have any type of, you know, self-awareness uh, within this, you actually can see yourself in those people that are walking around still attached to the curated narrative, you know, and that's a part of a integrated individual is you can actually see yourself in literally everything. But sometimes it's a little hard with those folks out there. Um, Marsha, are we, you know, in a modality here in America where we're so patchwork that, you know, you take a little you take a car ride. It doesn't even have to be that long. Take our car ride and you can literally observe people acting completely different than where you started. And I know that's definitely the fact here in Oregon, maybe not so much, you know, in the middle America States, but we're just so blessed here in Oregon to be completely, um, I, I keep on calling it checkerboarded because there's just not really another word for it right now. Um, Marcia, do you have any uh, any comments around that? We're really working through this as best we can. We're definitely seeing corpses. Is there is there a way to take that to heart without being tongue in cheek about it, but still use the tongue in cheek to your advantage when it just becomes overbearing? Well, yeah. I mean, I think we have to recognize we're all corpses. You know, some people might be playing the corpse role a little more outwardly than others, but in in the way that this is being spoken to, like the personality self cannot, it cannot bear fruit any further. The, the, the ego will be integrated into the soul moving forward. And um, the corpses speak to when we are dormant, when we have not activated the Holy Spirit within our heart. And when we are not using that spark of divine intelligence that was given to us. And I think what you're saying is you're seeing a lot of people driving around without that spark and spirit is acknowledging that. And, and we talked in other calls that like, there is the right not to know that people are on different soul timelines. It's almost like a little time capsule. And if you try to open someone's capsule before their time, we all know what that feels like. It's not, it's not going to get very far. So, um, you know, just like you said, seeing yourself in everyone and knowing that some people are just playing this role a little more, you know, on the stage than others right now. Well, let's all give them a cumulative round of applause for playing that role just as hard as they can. Um, I can appreciate the uh, the quote that you gave because it starts out saying that the world is a cemetery and um, you know, it's just, you got to find the corpse in yourself first. That's, that's a big part of the personal evolution, but there's also this other hurdle of like getting over the corpse of the collective, you know, not letting it, not allowing it to affect you. And uh so there's a there's another aspect of tapping tapping out 
tapping out and tapping out, tapping out, making a boundary, making a boundary, because that's the world. You want to be in the world, but not of the world. And I think this quote really speaks to that to a, to a major degree. I think we can segue on here, Marsha. I don't really have a smooth way to do that. Sure. Yeah, I can just kind of keep going with the way that it was brought through within spirit. There's a lot of song lyrics tonight. And so what I'll do is I'll put the artists and the song titles at the end or where we post them so that anybody who's interested in the lyrics can um, search out these artists. But the very first lyrics that came through that were speaking to the soul were, I've been lonely long enough. Will I find you when the night is over? And this feeling that there has been tremendous growth in isolation, but that the soul is now weary. It is exhausted of that timeline and it's really seeking its true family where it feels like it can just rest and it doesn't have to be anything but what it is. And the very next lyrics were, well, Grace, she's gone. She's a half written poem. She went out for cigarettes and never came home. And it feels like that's kind of how we felt as children on this planet. Like mom was doing real good. Like mom was here for us. And then I don't know, like what happened? And spirit often talks about like the divine mother and the divine father on this planet have been absent and, and they've been distorted in so many ways. And we as children, like the soul, um, do not feel supported here. And so it's very easy to kind of get lost in these narratives that are curated for us because we don't have that original connection. We don't feel it in the way that maybe we were designed to feel it. And so spirit always talks about this as being the am I versus the I am. So the I am presence being, you know, all that we are, you know, being allowed into this form. And when it's reflected here on earth, it literally turns into doubt, like, am I? And so we have to understand that how it translates here. And once we can understand that, we can kind of begin to fully embrace that sense of separation that's not really coming from us needing an other outside of ourselves, but to be able to experience this holy divine union within ourselves that al then allows us to magnetize towards us others who are also living in that state of alignment. Feel free to continue. You're on a roll. I will open it up and see if there's anyone that has any questions about kind of what we've been bringing through so far. I, I, this is Heather Grace, and I, I don't know if this is a sort of a question, sort of a comment regarding corpses and um, I had a experience with somebody that's uh, this week that's very much just kind of trucking along the mainstream narrative. And um, I really enjoyed being in their presence. I like them a lot. Um, and I think that they like me too. sort of, a, I don't know, somewhere between acquaintance and friendship. And <clears throat> I find myself hoping that they will have some sort of opening of their eyes or enlightenment, but not, I don't feel really attached to it, but I, I want, I want people to, to see, you know, and have a chance to really look. And I guess I'm sort of accepting that at this point, 
does it, does it seem like they've, they've all had their chance to see and made their, made their choice. And Marsha, you spoke to this before, but I think I'm just landing on rather than take my time to wish and hope for, for people, um, just to sort of try to shine my own light and, and, you know, if that's groovy for them, then maybe that'll be a good thing. And if not, then I don't know, that's their choice. (laughs) And I'll leave the floor at that. Yeah. So one of the things spirit spoke to about this coming year, spirit referred to it as instant replay. Um, picking up the pieces I went wrong, um, were the lyrics. So this feeling that those who have eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart that knows are going to be in this divine love play, this enchantment. And we're going to also be given simultaneously these opportunities to course correct or to see maybe where there wasn't sight before. And the lyrics here were, I was under the spell and now I feel like hell. And it was on the song Cursed. And so it's this feeling that maybe what people entered into with purely good intentions and purely the best of heart is now kind of going to rise up and have to be confronted in a way that might be very uncomfortable and might cause a lot of cognitive dissonance. Um, So spirit is calling uh, this year, this instant replay, but it's, it's going to happen in these form of this soft, gentle knowing spirit says, rather than like this blinding, shocking insight, because the cognitive dissonance collectively would be overwhelming and it wouldn't really help us get where we want to go. Instead, it's going to come through this body intuition or this instinctual awareness that like something's not sniffing out right. You know, I got to kind of do some research or I got to, you know, maybe look into something that I was saying yes to that maybe doesn't feel quite right anymore. And so from spirit's perspective, the divine feminine activates en masse this coming year. And what spirit means by that is the felt sense intuition in all of us, regardless of whether we identify, you know, male, female, non-binary or otherwise. It's this felt sense inner knowing and the divine feminine in the form of the soul, which is emerging from within. Spirit called this illuminations which erupt bringing what was once obscured into clarity so it's going to kind of be hard to beat the drum in the same way that it has been easy throughout 2021 and a lot of that is going to be from these veils being lifted and also this these divine downloads that are coming through these soft gentle knowings rather than you know spirit is saying some of these more shocking insights it's going to allow people to act more from a place of knowing and spirit said here something far bigger is unraveling and right now there is only a dim sense of the possibility so a year from now, we are going to look back at this moment and be like, what? But right now, we're, we're only just seeing the, the small possibility of, of this bigger picture. And Spirit said, we will only understand the larger picture of this year and what's coming next through our felt sense body awareness, that the mind just simply will not be able to hold water here moving forward, that we have to rely on our intuitive knowing. And Spirit said, you will come to see why things are happening exactly as they are. Long-term happiness will arrive from temporary restrictions that warrant change. 
And that was a big line, long-term happiness as a humanity, human species, which arrives from temporary restrictions that warrant change. So once again, going back to that need to have an oppressor in order for the soul to kind of stand up on its hind legs. And Spirit referred to this as a natural process of transformation and that great leaps will be possible this year. This is a stage of not only preparation, but building a new foundation for humanity. And life paths that are luminous are now unfolding. And what I felt with that was that people who are standing in their alignment, in their integrity, who are radiating their light, like you spoke to, Heather, um, they will begin not only having paths open for them, you know, just for individual reasons, but also this divine companionship and this creative journey with others that is unfolding. So Spirit says to be hopeful and to trust that in the true light, all will be revealed. And the lyrics here were all those demons and their faces bright as gold. And this feeling from the Magdalene energy that all will be transformed in the Holy Sophia and all will be returned to its root and essence. So it almost sounds like it's going to be like that uh, cartoon movie where all the evil just seeps right into the ground and all the trees that are all shriveled up and decayed are going to be just like greed and full of foliage within like moments. Based on your reality. I mean, it's really going to be what you choose because the trees themselves are let now louder than the human consciousness. So if we choose to connect to that natural grid, absolutely everything that you just say. And if we choose to connect into the old grid that's dying, we're going to have a lot of instant replays and potentially a lot of suffering because we're actually hanging on to something that doesn't have any foundation, you know, within it any longer. Definitely auspicious to have, um, you know, these conversations now here in January because you know a lot of a lot of civilizations treated the spring equinox as the changing of the actual year. So you can, you know, really, really get yourself, you know, in a mode of being receptive and functioning within the intuitive uh find yourself kind of tapping into that old matrix again it might be out of habit it might be just breaking this tendency that's more mental based than anything it's not actually you it's just something you're dealing with i know from my from my perspective uh i've had to you know take take on my mental challenges as though they were pieces of armor that i needed to use to get through you know battles that this life you know, fed to me. And we all have those battles. We all had to be really strong personalities for a while. But after a while, you keep, you know, using those personality aspects, it's just going to cause more of what Marsha calls these instant replays where you feel like whatever goal you met doesn't actually serve that feeling that you were looking for. And it has this hollow, empty hollow emptiness to it and so you know once you put those aspects down from yourself you actually begin attracting you know what what is actually you and boy oh boy is that a process and it certainly helps to be surrounded by others who are in that process for themselves as well um it just really is uh helpful in that regard um you know, I was thinking about what you said, Heather, and, you know, there's something worth mentioning here is that what about all the individuals who 
because of their existential weave, we'll call it like their higher self, put them in proximity to you. Now, mentally, they're still in the curated narrative. Mentally, you're not in the curated narrative, but somehow the weave brought you two together and just the energy or what you called your vibe, you know, shooting out there it literally forces them to have to like, you know, what that, what that fire is, you know, then that quote that Marsha gave us that fire is burning away the corpse like aspects. So I think about those people, you know, the people who, because their weave brought them into proximity to say us, I don't want to say like our little group, I'm just saying anybody out there who's not participating in the mental curated narrative what of those people that are in our proximity, but actually still are, it's like they're lukewarm. They're halfway in, they're halfway out. They respect us in our opinions, but they don't have to like scarlet letter us and distance themselves from us. So their weave is kind of unique. I don't know why I brought that up, but I felt like it was an interesting notion that I came across. What of those people that are kind of on the, we'll just call them on the fringe, you know? Well, I mean, they say that you cannot really attract or magnetize towards you something that is not within your vibration. So I assume that anyone who crosses my path is meant to be both a lesson and a blessing to me and vice versa. And um, a lot of these barriers are really like they're mental barriers. They're not authentic, actual soul to soul barriers. And so um I think when people connect with each other at the level of the, of the heart, uh, this other stuff kind of just doesn't, it doesn't, you know, hold sway in the same way. And, unless you're holding a polarity it's when you start to hold a side or, you know, take a side or hold a polarity that I think bridges can't really be created. Yeah, well, it's, that's definitely the case that the world has, you know, pushed a lot, a lot of people into these taking of sides. And, you know, unfortunately, once you're in that side, you're also given permission to cancel other people. And so we're in this kind of toxic environment where if someone doesn't like what you're saying, they can just, you know, call you a certain thing and then you're gone. You're like an apparition that they just said a, a, a word and you had to just be gone. And I think that that's really, you know, it's, it's escalated to that. It didn't get like that overnight. It certainly, we had to get steps there, but boy, oh boy, did those steps occur fast. And those of us who are kind of trying to maintain some semblance of maturity, it's like, Hey, you can't talk to them like that. And so all throughout society, we find ourselves saying like, wow, you can't talk to them. Oh, that's just the general discourse right now. That's the general level of discourse. And we have to just be, you know, we have to be in that, but we, just, we certainly don't have to be of it. So I, I really appreciate anybody who's, you know, maintaining what we call decorum, you know, whether or not they you know, they call me a nut bar, say I say something that they just purely don't agree with out of their own opinions. And they call me a nut bar. It's like they, I just actually got mind wiped. There we go. Um, it's all about cancel culture though. You know, and you get, you get your actual mental ideas canceled right out of your head while you're talking. Uh, boom. Boom. 
All right, everybody. The, Erased your nut bar. <laughs> the the moon is waxing, and we'll just leave it at that. Can can you take on the next theme? Shall I course correct this? Yes, we are in the course correction time of the weave here with spirit. And uh, so we had talked about this year being like picking up the pieces where we went wrong or having this instant replay. And it happens so fast that, you know, the span of lifetimes and, and truly lifetimes can take pla- place in, in the flash of an instant, you know, when you're when you're making a, your breakfast. Um, that's how the, the quantum environment of soul works. And so we're going to be getting getting these very graceful ways to correct things in the past that we probably chose out of fear or just ignorance or simply just we weren't ready at the time. We're getting a chance to be the phoenix here and, and resurrect this and surrender to a higher level weave. And spirit referred to this as passing through a metaphorical experience of death collectively. And we think that might have been, you know, 2020, but spirit is saying really we're passing through it now in this coming year. And, you know, Tom, you and I, we talk a lot personally about these conscious deaths that we have experienced and how they change us. You know, they change us in in instant moments because they give you a perspective that you just, it doesn't leave you once you see it. Um, And Spirit is saying that that's going to happen uh, collectively this year, that people will have this metaphorical experience or these conscious deaths personal conscious deaths um, and they will rise up anew, you know, with each death that is experienced. And uh, I'm going to let you talk a little bit about conscious deaths because I think you could probably do it in better language that people could understand than I will. Um, but it's not a physical death. It is a, it's a, I don't even know how to put words to it. I'm going to let you take over on this one if, if you've got it. Uh, well, I mean, it basically is a little bit of a sneaky thing because chances are you'll have uh, numerous of these before you even realize you're experiencing them. But then you'll have kind of like the earthquake that finally reaches, you know, five on the Richter scale. And it's like, that's the conscious death that allowed you to finally view yourself as, you know, we'll just say a, a existential being for 99.89% of your time, you know, because when we're here awake as humans, it's very easy to just become mentally enraptured and forget that you're actually a transcendent being. And what a conscious death, one that really, really rips you into shreds. Um, it'll, it'll allow you to kind of walk with this uh, capacity to, you know, always know whatever you are mentally it's always a substrata of what you actually are and you'll actually kind of like know it in your cells from that point forward and one analogy that i've found helps that marcia and i use over and over and over is that it's actually a needle eye that you're being asked to take everything through but because it's a needle eye nothing fucking fits through it and so it's up to you to figure out how you're going to deal with that because they don't like give you a little like countdown to conscious death. You know, it's like you might feel one coming. You don't on. get a manual. Yeah, you don't sadly. get a little like ten seconds uh, before this packet. happens. You know, it's not like a countdown. So 
it's up to you to figure out what you're going to be bringing through that needle eye uh, in a split second, because, you know, it's, it's something you, you, you have to just get comfortable with. And um, for lack of a better word, it's like, you know, literally peeling your banana, you know, right, right then and there, and just kind of being shown to your mental self that, Hey, you're, you're a fucking joke. Like whatever you think you are, it's all wrapped up into this thing called your life and your life is very fleeting, but all this other stuff that, you know, you can tap into if you feel like it, it's very, 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 very much not fleeting. You know, whatever the word is you want to use, it's the opposite of fleeting. I don't want to say permanent, but you know what I'm saying? Eternal. Yeah, it's eternal. It's eternal. And, you know, that's the best way I can explain it. It's, it's definitely has a physiological aspect to it where your cells are literally changed and they go through a change, but a lot of Kleenex is involved. (laughs) Yeah. Your mental apparatus is kind of like flushed down a proverbial toilet. And then you have to like plunge it all back out and figure out what you're going to be then after that, because your name is still there. You know, Tom, like wearing blue shirts, people might remember me about that. Some stupid aspect of old Tom. I have to decide if I'm going to bring that Tom back out because people expect that of me. And so that's the other thing about conscious deaths is that, you know, you'll go back out into the world and be like, Oh my God, I feel like such a fluke, you know, because you're still deciding what you're bringing back, you know, what, what is actually real about your personality self. And that's a, it's an interesting quest because within that quest, you can actually tap into what you're intuitive with and what you're magnetizing towards you energetically and repelling away from you energetically. Because within that, you know, conscious death, you're actually stripping away a lot of what is creating artificial boundaries, you know, in the, that that is the world, those things that are of the world, creating artificial boundaries. And, you know, intuitively, you know, there are things out there that just make you feel juicy and alive and just full of oomph. But because the world dries us out, you know, like a prune, we have to constantly, constantly figure out how to, how to circumvent vent that and you know once once you're kind of like treated to the conscious death you're like wow that's really hard but it actually you know wetted my prune a little bit you know it actually allowed me to understand that there's both more to this stupid life that we're living and also like i can now magnetize what i really am towards me more effectively because i don't have all this stupid personality apparatus you know creating an artificial boundary between me and everything i come across that's the best way i can describe it and theogens obviously allow you to kind of create that conscious death experience and you know there will be people that will you know speak to the fact that once they've had we'll just call we'll just label it a sober conscious death that they'll actually experience conscious deaths while they're using entheogens and that they're very useful for that you know going forward and you know kudos you know thumbs up to those folks you know to kind of you got it like a little uh i don't even know what to call it like an easy button i guess what it would be um we have a hand up here i'd like to open the floor and take a comment if we can Hi, this is Lenny, and I'm 
I wanted to, I wanted to bring in what I've been getting from spirit because it relates so much to this conversation in that, um, I, I have really felt that getting into the heart space is the separation between the zombie world and this one. Um, often the old world, you could still operate in your lower chakras. You could be in your root chakra and still connect with other people, still operate in the world. But in this new space, um, your heart frequency must take over. And really, we're just talking about your heart ignites the spark that is within you. For you to come into this earth and into this body and animate it, it had to have that spark. And where does that spark reside? It's in the heart space. And as soon as you get into that heart space, you've now animated your reality and others. So when you're having that contact, um, with other people from the zombie world um, and you ignite your heart space, they either have to go away because their frequency is not there or they have to engage with you. And in which case it just kind of alleviates that cognitive dissonance. And um, that's all I had to offer back to you guys. Really I unmute myself there. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say really amazing comma. And it really, you know, she struck right at the heart of, you know, what it would mean for someone to be kind of on your peripheral, you know, they can still engage you from a different chakra. If you're willing, you know, to literally meet them where they are and boy, oh boy, is that a conversation that Marsha and I have had over and over amongst ourselves is about the, the constant choice to meet a group or meet a person or meet, you know, a situation where it is at, you know, and what, what it means, what are you sacrificing to make that choice? Um, but Marcia, did you have any comments on that? I was just going to second, you know, that the heart frequency is the only true frequency that, that is real. And, you know, we used to have to go through physical death to have these revelations that we now get to have in physical form. And once we're in the heart, all of the mental stuff that separates people, it doesn't even really exist frequency, frequency wise anymore. And so that's, I think why it's so powerful. What Lenny's saying, it's like, if, if we can figure out what brings our spark, alive ignites our heart then every single place we go that day we are the soul of that place and we're allowing other people to drop into who they really are and permission to let go of you know whatever overlays they're holding because truthfully like that's only the only thing that the soul wants to do is to just connect heart to heart in human form like that's it wants to experience this fully and completely without boundary without barrier Exactly. And that's probably one of the more heartbreaking aspects of this global disillusion is that we have individuals within our own core family group that are, you know, participating in the beast system, they're becoming beasts. And we actually have to both reflect what we are when we're around them, we have to stay true to who we are when we're around them. It's so easy to prostitute yourself for the people that are closest to you and to just say oh man i'll meet them where they're at you know i'll just when they say something i'll just you know button up or whatever you know it's just like it's one of these things that you're always uh, faced with a choice as to how you're going to be handling 
the the weave. And if you truly follow your intuition, if you're trying to cultivate your intuitive sense and you get this real strong, you know, intuition that it's your your moment to ask a devil's advocate question, you know, to just simply imply that there's might be a little bit more to, you know, administer to yourself as far as data before you start creating, you know, opinions that you follow that intuition. And that's, you know, where our weave really gets set into hyperdrive when we're, you know, taking the green light, when the green light is there, we're, you know, holding on the red light and that, you know, when we kind of like budget, we're like, oh, I should have went and I didn't go. I hesitated. You will get the replay. Marsha started us out by saying that, you know, in a lot of ways as a collective culture here, we're doing this weird replay. It feels bad. But as we do the replay, there's actually more and more people realizing that we're in this, you know, kind of like farcical situation that it's both serious and, you know, really like a big existential experiment for everybody to learn and teach at the same time, you know, that we take it seriously, but we also have this like essence about us that really all we did was like come here to play and to be, you know, like children. Uh, We brought that theme up over and over and over that there's this creator path versus a consumer path. And that's kind of where we didn't come here to be consumers. We didn't come here to be prostituted to this situation. Um, So those of us that are really trying to stay clean within that, yeah, we've had to stay kind of like in like, I, what's the word? Not like distanced, but yeah, distanced. I hate to say it. You know, it's like, we've had to do that for a while. Anybody that's been on a spiritual path has had to like chalk up. It's like, Oh man, you know, as much as it, feel good to just go out with the crew and do the thing crew the crew does it feels really really sewagey after i do that so you don't as you make the choice that i can you know put my focus elsewhere and that's kind of what society did to us society was the crew you know and so we had to kind of like withdraw tap out of it and as people withdrew of course they found themselves you know or they corral themselves into more severe forms of consumership and, you know, they're going to have to do their own little personal replay. Um, Marcia, you probably have found, you know, within your own situation, I know I have that it's just simply becoming more clear about who really, really enjoys a good distraction. You know, it's just so clear out there who loves a good distraction. I just have to keep circling back to like right not to know because otherwise my human personality self is like why won't you guys wake up um so I have to just keep giving it over to spirit like we're all on different timelines because if I don't accept that like you know it's head bashing um but in that same respect like everybody is on their own time capsule and on a on a greater level the structures that were holding the false light in place are crumbling and we're really being encouraged this year to let what wants to crumble fall that there's going to be a complete overhaul of circumstances and that we need to have a ceremony for the death of the old as well as a celebration for the new life that we are ushering in the lyrics were through the darkness to the dawn so this is the end of dynamics in situations and relationships and 
you know, societal structures, which do not serve the soul. And spirit said, there's no room for niceties moving forward. The, the, it will, it's dissolving under its own weight as we speak. And we have to trust that we are the conduits for what reality we wish to create next. Because if we keep creating from that consumer place, like, yeah, we're going to miss the entire opportunity, the golden opportunity that's being presented to us. Yeah, that's a great point. And I think too, as we get into this mode of organization, you know, because it's collectively, we've been kind of in this shell shock mode where everybody's still like, holy shit, are they really like trying to inject us through coercion? And they're like, oh, holy shit, they're literally censoring off real doctors. And like, there's like this gap of like being in this holy shit mode to like, okay, now we got to organize. This is what we got to do. And I think 2022, you're going to be seeing more and more people kind of come out of the shell shock mode and more into the organization mode. And if you're tapped into your intuitive self and you're observing what's going on, it's going to be very easy for you to intuitively sense what is a real grassroots movement where people who are in a mode of creatorship are trying to solve the problems around them versus people who have stayed locked into a mode of consumership you know, still arriving to the conclusion that they got to fix some stuff. We got to figure out how to change this. They're going to arrive at their own, you know, conclusions as to how to, how to start off in that organizational mode. And you're going to be sitting back, you know, just seeing the lay of the land. And it's going to be very clear to you who's playing which side of that polarity, because it's, it's, the habits die hard, you know? And so people who are locked in that consumer mode, they're going to have these kind of like repackaged, rebranded, relabeled, uh, fix it, Swiss army knife, fix it, problem solver packages that are just going to be legacies from the 20th century. And so we're going to be sitting back here going, okay, all right. I like that. It's like, question is are you working for yourself or are you working for someone else and then there's going to be other people where you get a sincere grassroots feeling off of them and so once you start seeing that you're going to be so relieved because those were the people who were not functioning at all within the old paradigm where they just hadn't yet been kind of like locked in they might have suspected things were kind of wrong but they never were given that fuel to like start acting. So, um, you know, congratulations to anybody out there who's really, really functioning within their intuitive sense, because you won't have to guess. You won't, you'll just feel where your energies are being pulled, you know, or you might even feel like, oh, wow, if I were trying to solve that same problem, I probably would, you know, kind of attack it in the same way. You might feel this kind of like synergy with the way they're working it. And so what a relief when you start, you know, actually having those inferences as you observe the world right now, it's a bit of a desert out there and we're starting to see little, you know, kind of ignition points where, you know, what they've now coined as mass, mass delusion or mass psychosis, like people have to see that first. They have to, you know, what Marsha calls, you know, uh, what do you say? It's like, see it and name it they gotta they gotta like be able to see it and then they gotta name it for themselves and then they can you know kind of integrate it 
And that's really where we're at right now is everybody's like learning what cognitive dissonance is. They're learning how, you know, people can be coerced into doing absolutely inhumane things just by, you know, tiny little paper cut coercions day after day while being in a mode of trauma. Well, here in Sanctuary, I want to thank all you for not being in a mode of trauma. You know, and if we bring you a little bit of trauma on this call, I'm sorry. You know, we're here to, you know, kind of be a uh, a reflection, hopefully, to each other. And we are dealing with traumas out in the world. So as a byproduct, yeah, we'll bring a little bit of that in here on the call. But the idea is that we're respectful to each other and we're actually respectful for the fact that we're all dealing with it. You know, we're kind of like we're you know, aware that it's happening in all of our, uh, all of our uh, realities out there. Uh, Marsha in the snow globe of 2022. Um, what does it mean to walk through the darkness and into the dawn as the court said? Well, the next lyrics were a world gone shallow and a world gone lean. So spirit recognizing that there's not a lot to grab onto in, in the old form of things. And the next lyrics, I'm the keeper of nothing but an old flame. So this recognition that as we move through this eye of the needle, that we can only hold on to that, which is truly our core. And, you know, that the Holy Spirit or the active flame of intelligence of God that lives within us. We are once again encouraged to be the light. We talked about on previous calls, holding the light within extremes. Um, we're being encouraged to take the higher road and to stay out of polarity consciousness, not taking sides. Um, trusting what we feel is right within and acting on that, but without being pulled into dramas, bickering, or energies that limit our joy. And Spirit says if we're surrounded by people who are hostile toward us, or we find ourselves in a negative situation, this is a year where we are being invited to shift this weave and to find kindred souls to connect with, um, that that is available. In fact, the lyrics here were, come on, friends, get up now. Love is to be made. Um, and that leads into this, this final frequency from spirit about choosing our friends wisely in the vein of divine companionship. Um, that we may have been feeling like we're surrounded by people who don't understand us, or uh, we feel like we're a fish out of water. We've been searching for kindred souls and spirit wants us to know that as our soul grows and our spirit claims its own unique individuality upon its path, that our personality's vibration also begins to shift. And some of the bonds that we might have had with, you know, people throughout our lives might not be as resonant as they used to be. And we're being encouraged to continue to love and accept ourselves as this social landscape changes that we might be temporarily standing alone, but we will find the right people once we've created the space for them to arrive. And so this divine companionship is emerging for all who desire it. And it may require us to peacefully release any attachments to those we have who we are no longer in resonance with. And spirit wants to make certain we understand that this doesn't mean breaking away from people who we disagree with. It means refraining from forcing harmony or what we might call like superficial peace or relationship with people who we know are not open to growing. Um, we can listen and learn from those uh, who are different than us, but 
we have to be around people who are open to growing at this point. And spirit is really encouraging us to give our time and our energy to those with an open heart. Like I said, doesn't have to be in any kind of mental agreements of an agreement in any way. Um, and to just be really honest with ourselves about what kind of influences are surrounding us currently. And um, that we can really trust in this divine love story that we can trust that it's taking place first within us and then outside of us. And we're not going to be left behind. We're not going to miss the mark. Um, we're not going to always be isolated and alone for those people who have been reaching out, you know, who are, who are really struggling in that place. Um, that shifts this year, especially for those with eyes to see and ears to hear. There's the strong feeling from spirit that it's time to come together, that we've walked through the darkness and now we're finding out who those spiritual adults are from 2021 who are you know linking arms like we talked about last week and who are you know stepping forward each as a radiant sovereign light unto themselves and helping to really uh weave this next reality and create a better life for ourselves and for the plan planet and everything and everyone that resides upon it Very good. Uh, does that uh, conclude what you were bringing through or do we have a bit more? That's everything I've got from my end, uh, but feel free to, to add anything that anyone else wants to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a good juncture then uh, if anybody has any comments or, you know, one thing that I've always found uh, when you're in a war that if you just had a place where you could like, communicate your grievances or just, you know, speak to where you were seeing someone else having some trouble and that just having everybody's awareness and observance around it, you actually upweave the whole circumstance that allowed that reality to occur to begin with. So if there's anything, you know, any, anything positive or, you know, grievances that you'd like to bring forward, because there are actually, you know, uncountable amount of positive things happening out there too. So um we do have some hands up i'm yielding the floor go ahead <laughs> we're also um polite we're like no you go first no you go first <laughs> This is Heather Grace. I'll start, I guess, since we have multiple hands up. Um, I would just like to report some good news from Maui. You know, uh, I think everyone out there is aware that we've sort of been one of those super high vibe, amazing places that got mega locked down and super just bogged down with crazy mandates and, um, things are starting to lighten up here a little bit, not officially, but just grassroots style. So I had an experience of going into, I feel like every week I report what my mask experience has been, but that's how I sort of gauge what's going on here. Love um, it. Yeah. So <laughs> it's big. Um, I went into office max and I thought, you know what, I'm just not even going to bring one in with me. Cause for a while I would bring it. And I thought, well, if someone tells me you know, like if an older person, an older woman specifically says, oh, do you have a mask? The, the older gals that work at the stores here are like little beautiful grandmothers and I love them so much and I cannot say no to them. So I carry the mask and all they, if they ask me, I'll go, oh yeah, okay. And I put it on. 
But anyway, this time I said, I'm not going to bring my one in with me and I'm just going to do my thing. And it caused a little bit of a scene at the checkout. And there was a big, huge manager dude who called me out in front of a handful of people. And, uh, he says, you know, where's your mask? And I said, Oh, I don't wear one. I just thought I would try that. I like to try out new things. Oh, I don't wear one. He goes, okay. And, uh, the next cashier over says, okay, come on, you're up. And so I go walking toward her to catch check out and he stops me and he goes, are you comfortable checking her out without her wearing a mask? Cause I'll do it. If you're not sort of like, da, 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 I'll save you. And she goes, yeah, it's fine. And so, and she was a older gal too. And so I wasn't really totally sure. Cause I, I noticed that the younger folks don't give a fuck for the most part here. Um, but she checked me out and treated me like a human. And, you know, I, I kept repeating Tom's, I, I, I didn't do anything to anybody because it shook me up to have him call me out in front of everybody like that. But, and then there was another woman who was checking out and she, when I said, I don't wear one, she goes, honey, everybody wears one nowadays. And I said, not me. <laughs> and it sort of made me feel like, huh, that was really alienating, but whatever. Um, things are lightening up here a little bit. And, oh, and I went into the natural food store. That's been historically very intense. I don't know what the deal is at the natural food stores, but they're crazy about the masks. And I hadn't been into this one in a long time because they're so intense. I mean, the cashiers would have two masks plus the eye shield. And they were like, you walk in that door. If you're not masked up, if you don't have the proper mask, anything, and I went in today and they had them sagging under their noses. And, you know, I think at this point, people are, people are getting tired. They've got fatigue about the whole scenario. And everybody's like now known multiple people who have had it and survived. And then people who got the shot and then got really sick. And then, you know, we're just starting to get our feet under us. Like, oh, okay. Like getting to understand it. Um, understand what it is on, on the ground, like boots on the ground style, as opposed to just what we're hearing on the news, what they're hearing on the news. I don't listen to that shit. Okay. I'll leave the floor. Yeah. I agree with you on the weariness for sure. And the, and the inability to like place Simon says in, in the same way as before. And when you tell it a story like that, it's like, I can literally see the energies playing out almost like a WWF wrestling match where you were going to take on a pretty formidable opponent and you were in the middle of the ring and someone just threw in a chair and they hit you over the back of the head with it. And the moment you turned around, somebody else like clotheslined you. And the next thing you know, you had a three on one and the little old lady finally says, you know what, you know what, just bring her through, you know, we're just going to have to say yes. Cause it's the American, she was like Rosie, the riveter where she just made this arm, you know, flex. And she's like, let's get her checked out. You know, we got to make the day flow. We do have another hand up. I want to go ahead and yield the floor here and go ahead. Hi everyone, this is Carrie Tripp. Um, I just wanted to piggyback on a couple of the comments that Heather just said. And um, it is so nice to hear 
that things are easing up in Maui. I know that's a place that is, has been super strict and really hard to be in. Um, as far as the natural food stores, I've noticed the exact same thing here, um, except for one, but uh, we have market of choice and we have another one called natural grocers. And they were the first ones to jump on board with all the COVID guidelines and you couldn't get in there um, without a mask, without being completely harassed. Uh, but now you can shop in there without a mask. It, it was really strange to me how things just, um, what's the word, just kind of relaxed with them all of a sudden. And so I have felt a shift in energy and I have felt some relief. Like, you know what, if I can shop in there, you guys will let me shop without a mask and I will give you my business. Um, so now I have a place to go um, where I don't have to shop online because um, it's kind of inconvenient. Um, but I forget what else I was going to say, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm just feeling a little bit lighter in general this year and it's feeling really good. I still have some days where I'm like, oh, what's this energy, you know, coming and just listening to what Marcia has been saying through this phone call. I'm like, oh, that's what it is. So um, I do have good hopes for this year. Um, I see things changing a lot and um, yeah, that's pretty much um, what I wanted to say at this point. Well, thank you for that. I uh, really appreciate that you're feeling uh, lighter. I think that uh, it's so easy to reflect what's going on. You see, you see like a little positive change in your environment. It's so easy to reflect that. And so it's, uh, <laughs> when we're in, you know, you're in a war when you're taking your little wins, you know, you're just literally taking your tiny little wins as you can. Uh, I see we have another hand up. Go ahead. I yield the floor. Um, I love to hear uh, that people are using their freedom. This is so great, ladies. Um, it's really good to hear that. And I know that for me recently, I've learned how much the breath work is also carrying that heart energy. And um, I wanted to mention that, um, that I've also noticed, um, I know that our cells, we can be photon machines where we create light, but we can also just absorb light. Um, when you're not creating your own light, you're having to use previously absorbed energy or you're having to vampire off someone else. And it's kind of like anytime we engage in fear where we get stuck in one of our chakras or in some kind of fear thought form, um, we get stuck in another space besides the heart space. And then we even almost stop breathing and we can't create our own light. And I feel like that's when we experience some of those conscious deaths that we were talking about earlier. And um, back to you guys. That's a really interesting uh, take on that, Marsha. Did, did you catch that? She's, she's perhaps saying that when we get locked into a, uh, particular you know energy center that it can facilitate a conscious death experience is that something that you've come across um not i don't think personally i don't think i mean i'm sure that could be how it's precipitated to me they seem more like they are uh 
kind of locked and loaded in your in your field like like you you stepped on a mine kind of whether you were gonna um I don't know how to it's hard to explain it in, in human words um maybe say it again maybe I'm missing the point uh, I, I feel like she's saying like it's it's like it helps you to remove energy blockages and I absolutely feel that the conscious death does that but i i do feel like to some degree it's it's timed within the soul and and then there's nothing that it doesn't necessarily just come from what i would call like our normal blockages i i don't know i feel like i don't know how to put this in human words to be honest with you right now well definitely i was just gonna say i agree that there's a lot of terms that um we don't have the right language uh, to discuss these things, but um, I think Marsha's talking a soul level, uh, conscious death, and I was just maybe talking on an energetic level when we get stuck. Exactly. And, yeah, and I'm saying that I, I think that there's probably that could precipitate conscious deaths, but to me, it seems more like they are like the same way exit points kind of show up in our field. I think conscious deaths are are programmed in a way that maybe the release of energy blockages can happen more often, I would say, than a conscious death would. It's a much more rare experience than just an energetic release or of blockages would be, from my perspective. Yeah, well spoken. And I think the statement Lenny made about, you know, using breath work to come back to the heart, um, what a useful tool that that actually allows you to be in that you know, creatorship with your light. And, you know, it's really an interesting thing when you do a real like uh, formative dose of uh, an endogen, you can actually come to grips with the fact that you habitually bring your presence back to say your center mass, you know, in your body, meaning kind of in that lower abdomen. And I was on a trip once where I was just like, wow, I'm really having a hard time getting present enough and I actually had to break a, so to speak, habit where I'm bringing my energy back to a single point, but just out of habit, like maybe how I meditate or how I begin meditating, that I bring all of my awareness to the center of my physical body. That's not where my heart is. And so there was like this conscious change to bring my awareness to my heart center and that, you know, literally everything weaves through your heart. Once you get to that, uh, you know, fundamental level of yourself, it just circles back exactly to what Lenny was saying that breath work, uh, conscious breath work with bringing your awareness through your heart. Um, it's a useful tool because I think even when we're just walking down the street, trying to remain present, you might, be bringing your energy back to your center mass. It might not, it might be a different energy center. And, you know, it's worth saying too, that when we go out into the world, we have to kind of match the energy of our environment. And if that is of a lower chakra, then, then it is. But as you gain composure and, you know, so to speak, integrate your, your more expanded self, you won't have to do that. You that's, that's like a lesser, um, a lesser aspect of, of just trying to get through, um, you know, get through the world without sullying yourself. Well, once you integrate yourself enough, you don't even have to mess with that. Um, might have to take a shower when you get home or whatever your little process is, is to get back to, to absolute neutral and zero point once you're back in your own energy space. But what a great suggestion. 
does anybody else have any questions or any uh, comments that they'd like to make? I was going to just bring something up that I did forget to mention. Um, Spirit had talked about, like, we really are going to be relying on this felt sense, body awareness, this intuitive knowing. And we're encouraged to feel everything, you know, to eat with our hands, to walk barefoot on the earth, to have music playing in the background, um, to put candle, you know, candlelight on to really create like this, this ambiance for um, the soul that is a lot more, I guess, sensual in nature than we've ever really experienced before. And I think that's part of this divine feminine, you know, awakening or activating with all of us, within all of us and mass. But um, just these, these like simple things, like just these tactile things and really being in touch with the body, like putting our hand on our heart, you know, and, and our solar plexus, maybe before we go to bed every night or when we wake up in the morning and just taking our time throughout the day to like touch the body and, and remember that the body is a sentient being. It's not just, you know, uh, as the one quote said, uh, you know, just shuttling us from meeting to meeting or whatever. So um, just putting that out there as well, that spirit is really encouraging staying in tune and in touch with the body. That's our navigational system moving forward. Uh, really great advice. And I'll mention here real quick, because we were on the subject of uh, face coverings. Uh, Heather was bringing her experience from Maui. We've actually gone full circle now with the absurdity and the hypocrisy. There's a lady who represents the establishment and the curated narrative within the mainstream media. She's of a Chinese descent, I believe. She's, I believe, American trained. She's got uh, credentials and everything. And CNN uses her as their spokesperson for whatever the medical policy is. And she just recently went you know, uh, public with a comment saying that the cloth face coverings are simply just a gesture. They don't actually have any type of, you know, uh, scientific boundary for what we're trying to, to make a boundary for, for health reasons. And so, you know, we've been doing this, we've been doing it in good faith. We've been doing it out of peer pressure. We've been doing it out of coercion. And now they've just literally doubled back 180 degrees and made it, you know, a bland blanket statement saying that unless you go out and buy a straight up N95 mask that's got the double head straps and you make sure it's being worn with absolutely no facial hair and any other obstructions, you know, you're pretty much doing nothing. And so, you know, if you start feeling bad again about all the times that you were coerced into doing this, again, you get to say now they didn't do anything to anyone, you know, even though they made you feel really bad, you know, now you have to say they didn't do anything to anyone, just like you didn't do anything to anyone. We're all just living this, you know, we're living in this fantasy where you have an opportunity to create karma opportunity to create a karmic connection for the positive or for the negative and it's up to you using your free will in every moment so uh, i just thought i'd bring that up because you know me as a as a masculine type of energy where i come across 
you know, shit like this, I just want to get super mad. You know, it's like, I think of the kids, I think of all the time lost and I just want to get super mad. And then it's, you know, it's up to me to think about all the times where I got Jim crowed by somebody saying, you know, just like Heather, it's like, are you sure you're not going to wear your little ritual face covering? And it's like, no, I'm not, you know, I'm not a part of this church. Sorry. You know? And it's like, all those times when they tried to do that to you, now it's up to you to say that they didn't do anything to anyone. They were just trying to do the right thing from whatever level of awareness they're at at that moment. So um, go out there and reference it for yourself. Go see this lady saying the stupid thing and that we've now got total hypocrisy. Um, we ended last week's call on a really, really amazing uh, piece of news about the, uh, you know, we'll just call it like off the, off the railroad tracks, school and education. Does anybody have any really super amazing, positive information we could end the call on this week with that? You know, just anything, literally anything. Uh, I can share if there's no one stepping forward. I don't want to step on anyone's toes. Go for it. Um, this year, you know, being a former public school teacher and then stepping away from that because it wasn't really serving my body. And then having a, a child who was in a charter school and who was, you know, largely being served by that until, you know, March of 2020, um, we chose to have her, uh, you know, be learning from home this year, self-directed learning. And uh, I am finding from both myself and her that we are just absolutely thriving and laughing and having the best time. In fact, this picture um, that we're looking at is, you know, from our walk this morning that we took when we felt like taking it because we can do that. Um, and there's just, there's just so much growth happening uh, in my daughter that it's, it's, completely warming my heart and making my teacher self just so pleased that we made this decision for her. So that's, that's my celebration. Um, just really loving being out of the system and having been in the system in you know, my own ways, um, appreciating what I've learned from it, but just really feeling that, uh, this style of, of facilitating self-directed learning is, is teaching me so much and um, just really getting to see her thrive in a time uh, when, you know, she wouldn't have been, uh, she would have, you know, been sitting in a plexiglass, you know, chair with a face mask on and um, certainly not belting out songs throughout the day like she currently is now. So very, very excited about that development. Well, really, congratulations on that. And for anybody who's listening to this after the fact and done that as well, congratulations to you for, you know, taking your children out of the system, you know, whatever your choices are, and whatever those choices led to as little silver linings. Uh, sometimes it weren't even our choices, you know, just the fact that we've had to kind of like change our lifestyles uh, based out of, you know, necessity. They've, they've had little silver linings within that. And so we'll take our wins where we can get them. Um, again, you know, we know we're at war when we're taking our little, 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 little wins and we're carving out little, little wins everywhere where we can find them. That's a, that's great evidence that we're, 
in a skirmish. So those of you that are doing that, I want to say congratulations and hats off. Um, I think we're coming probably to the end of the call. I just wanted to give one last opportunity here to yield the floor. And if not, I think we can uh, set the intent and close down the platform. All right, it looks like we're free and clear here. Um, what we'll do is we'll set the intent and close it down. I just wanna say thank you to everybody. You'll hear a little pause of silence and some music come on. Thank you again and we'll see you next week. Thank you everybody so much.